Hello, everyone. Welcome to Free Reverie, hosted by your one and only Jujubee. If you haven't noticed, that's me. This is a podcast talking about anything and everything. Make sure to follow me on my social media, Snapchat, JBSU, Instagram, JBSU18, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Now let's get talking. Symphony. Welcome to another podcast of Free Reverie with your host, Juju B. Uh, we do not have another musician on board. We actually have someone completely different. He is a writer. He's an influencer. He's a speaker, a coach, empowering individuals and ambitious leaders. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself? What's up, everybody? This is Tommy Breedlove. I'm excited to be here. I'm also joined with my beautiful wife, Heather Breedlove, who is in the same location but upstairs. And we are super psyched to get to talk to you today about everything self-development, relationships, and everything that Juju B wants to talk about. We're, we're stoked. <laughs> he had to make sure he said beautiful. Uh, so that way... He... <laughs> Make you hey, feel we, good, we've right? done this since 1995, man. So you gotta you gotta learn you some uh, ninja tricks along the way. Grace, and thank you for the shout out there. No problem. You feel required to say beautiful at this point? I have to say she's beautiful. Yeah, check out her picture. Don't take my word for it. Check out her picture. Okay. I guess everyone out there, if you guys don't know what she looks like, go ahead and look her up. Um, Bree Love is quite a unique uh, last name. Oh, by the way, listeners out there. My son is in the room this time, so you guys will actually hear him. Again, he's a year and a half, and uh, he's going to be making noise. Um, but back to what I was saying, Brie Love is a very unique last name. So um, do you know where, like, your ancestors and stuff come from? Yeah, I think I, I – and Heather's last name is Hegwood. We know exactly where that came from. That is very, as Irish as can be. So she's yeah. Irish, and I'm English, and we actually do get along, which is pretty amazing. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think it was originally Broad Love, and then it became Breed Love over here. Right. And it's kind of crazy with all of the work that we do now, um, her on the women's side, me on the men's side, and us in the relationship. Everybody talks about, did you guys make up breed love like it's Beyonce or, you know, <laughs> something else? I'm like, no, that's legit. I was born with it. So, yeah, at least we're making good use of it, right? Yeah, so then the actual cover name is the name that you make up so that way you can hide away from your original name, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's that right. Is the cover up is this is my name behind closed doors. Um, that would be kind of kind of fun to do to come up with a name like that. Um, but my my ancestors actually come from Germany, so quite interesting. Very cool. Very yep, cool. Yep. All right. So you are the founder of Choose Goodness. What is that about? Yeah. So Choose Goodness is a movement about empowering people and businesses to make give them permission to choose and make the tough, hard choices to better themselves, their communities, their lives, their relationships, and ultimately their businesses. And so, so many of us forget that we have a choice in every single moment of every single day of our life. And when you choose, hopefully you're choosing, and the word goodness comes from your value systems, your heart, your soul, your purpose, and your passions. Mm -hmm. And so in our coaching work, in our speaking work, in our books, it's all about 
educating people on the power of choice and then giving the tools and systems to help make the best choices to better their lives and to live the lives that they were born to live. And it's something we're very passionate about. Um, we're, we're craftsmen at it. And so we really enjoy That's what the Choose Goodness movement is all about. Awesome. Awesome. That's one of the main reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show because I'm all about trying to spread positivity and I'm also still finding things out about myself. I, you know, there's certain movies and stuff that do express this, but um, you do find pieces of yourself a little bit at a time. You don't know who you are all at once. So that's why you go exploring um, different aspects of your life. So um, for me, uh, I use my experiences through my podcast. I talk about my life quite a bit and it hopes to really tell people who I am through words and maybe teach them, like, don't make the same mistake as I have. You know, you, if you're in the situation that I was in or similar to, then think about, you know, your choices that you've made and try to choose a better path because obviously mine, um, wasn't the right one. Like if I bring up something that was very traumatic for me, it's obviously something that was not the right choice for me. And I wish I would have chosen a, a better way. But at the same time, uh, there was actually a question I asked in my last podcast that um, was there a mistake uh, that you've ever made that you wish you would have taken back or have, you know, um, relived uh, a different way? And I said no, because those mistakes that I have lived have made me who I am today. And I'm, I'm very much a stronger person. And so I don't think that anyone should really regret decisions that they've made. Um, more or less just embrace that um, the change that has been made, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, we are the culmination of our choices. Mm -hmm. and, and let's be clear that we all make choices that we regret. We all make choices that we wish we wouldn't have. And I think you said it best is, is we need to learn and grow and not do those choices again. I, I'm a big fan of accountability. So if you choose poorly, you do need to face the consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, and, and that's just life. However, until you, until your very last breath, like I said, you can, you can make different choices in the future and you can choose happiness. You can choose love. You can choose success. You can choose abundance. Or you can choose fear, anger, envy, envy, jealousy, and all that other stuff. So everything in life is a choice. But I, I love what you said about learning from the stuff of your past. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have. Um, it's taken me a long time. And like I said, I'm still learning who I am, which is why, you know, I'm starting to really love doing um, podcasting uh, episodes. And um, I, I've stressed this enough that I started it because someone said I talk enough for one. So might as well go for it. And I did. I took that leap of faith, and um, I started, <laughs> I mean, I talked to myself enough. It's not any different from that, uh, a car ride or in my room preparing for anything during the day. So I was like, might as well just record it and see who I get. And I started getting all of these um, individuals who wanted to be part of my podcast, and I'm so thankful for everyone uh, I've had, especially you guys. I'm very honored to have you guys on here and um, spreading, you know, more of the positivity that I encourage for my listeners. Um, so, uh, thanks for having us. No problem. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, do you pronounce um, Deloitte? Is that what it's Deloitte? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, a massive, massive, massive financial consulting and public accounting firm. It's yeah. really big. Yeah. So, you work there still? 
Oh, no, 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 no. I haven't worked there in a long, long time. I, uh, so I grew up um, with, from humble beginnings and was luckily the first person to graduate college in my family and um, really did very, very well for a lot of reasons in college. And I had no idea what working at a place like that meant. But what that has done for my business life and uh, my my financial life and my financial and business knowledge has just compounded all the good work we do with, with Choose Goodness and the consulting. So I'm very thankful to have been part of um, that world, those firms, for almost 20 years. So, yeah. And Heather also um, – Heather actually still lives um, – she's a CFO of a, a very large company, and so she still lives in that world. Right. Anytime someone says firm, I always think of, you know, the suits and everything. I don't know if I could enjoy that type of life, to be honest. <laughs> I think if that people it, can enjoy the money. I promise yeah, you that. <laughs> well, money isn't anything in my book. And so for me, um, I would rather live a life where I would work pay to, paycheck to paycheck than, um, you know, be so consumed in uh, money. And so that, that's my my upbringing is I worked very hard for what I have and obviously you guys have too and that's not the point of it um, so the the businessy type environment is not for me I want to own my own business but I don't think I'd want like everyone to be dressed up in suits I feel like um, everyone should dress to express and um, that's the environment I, I like to choose to be in Stop. And it does. It does go back to that, you know, finding and uncovering a little bit about yourself. And I think for me, that business environment was very important when I first started working. Right. I grew up in a really small town driving through the city of Atlanta, which is where we live today, was high in the sky. That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what was important to me. And I think the work Tommy and I do now is as we get older in life, if those were the choices we made at 25 and at 30 and at 35, how do we then shift our path once we hit our forties and fifties? Right. Right. Um, so how do you, there's a topic that you guys discuss is cutting out all the noise in life. Um, what noise are you guys referring to? Heather, do you want to take that, or do you want me to take that? Oh, I mean, we can tag team. I can certainly <laughs> hop in. When I think about noise, and really even just this week, if we've got the sick puppy that Tommy spent the afternoon at the vet with, we've got friends that are having problems in their jobs or in their marriages, and how do we bring it back to where we as individuals and even us as a couple can sit down and say, okay, all of these things are going on around us and they reflect into what we're feeling, but is this truly where we are? And that that's what we think of as noise. Yeah, and I'll take it a step further. Um, <clears throat> society just pounds us with noise and social media is an amplifier of that noise. Um, we're all raised with our beliefs, where we're from, uh, social media with the news with uh, us first them the fear-based mentality the promotion of envy jealousy um, it really is we're just overwhelmed with all of these messages um, 
that we're supposed to be different than who we are. We live with the shoulds and, and let's compare and compete ourselves with others. So it's, I mean, it happens in, it happens on the TV, it happens on Netflix, it happens in video games, it happens on our social media. And, and it seems like all the noise in this world is the promotion of fear and division. Right. And for us, it's super important for us to eliminate all of that noise in our lives so that we can spend time around people who truly lift us up, who truly care about us, who truly love us. We're very, um, and I would be lying if I didn't say, we're very ambitious, both on the personal front, the mental front, the emotional front, and, and the, the financial front. Because we want to hang out with people who really want to do more and make impact in this world. And I believe that money is a magnifying glass. And if you're a really awesome human being, it will magnify that awesomeness and allow you to help and serve and impact so many people's lives. If you're a dick, it's just going to amplify and make you a bigger dick. And so, and so, um, and not in a good way. And so, um, it's just one of those things that the noise and it just to me, the noise of our society, our media, our social media, it just provokes, it promotes envy, most jealousy, anger, resentment. Uh. We're not good enough. And so for me, it's just super important to eliminate all of that out of my life and uh. really associate myself and be around people who are really just working on being better. Right. Right. Um, I do think there are um, benefits to technology. Like I can keep in contact with my grandparents and all that. Um, and they love seeing photos because they're not here. I have grandparents who live in Colorado. And so it's very nice. But I feel like everyone is so consumed and trying to make a post on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. And I didn't grow up like that. I grew up, you know, like I said, I was working hard. I was working outdoors. And, um... So for me, I can live without my phone. I can. I, um, I don't want to because of the connections I've made and busyness that I, goes on in my life. Um, but it is the noise that uh, we need to take away from time to time. That's why I really want to go to a meditation um, uh, retreat. I would love to, to do one and see if I found more about myself or... Um, you know, just the way that I feel. Do I feel different? Um, uh, has the noise stopped, basically? And it will. I mean, I've done, I did an 11-day vision quest, um, and that's a whole different animal in itself. And I've also done uh, meditation retreats and other retreats, and sometimes Heather and I take sabbaticals from technology. And it's and you, it's literally proven now that certain technologies, certain apps, and the way the phones and the videos and the apps and a lot of things are designed, you literally have the same withdrawal symptoms as someone on heroin. It's kind of crazy how that fires in the brain. Right. And so knowing these things are designed to be addictive and to make you look down and click and to make you want to respond, it's just good to know that. I agree with you. There's positives in everything, and there's positives to social media. There's positives. I mean, it's just the way you look at things. Right. But to be aware and conscious of all of the stuff that's on there and to be able to separate from yourself and know that you are good enough, you are worthy. And if you don't feel good about yourself, there are people, solutions, coaches, mentors, therapists, et cetera, out there to make you better. It's just important for everyone to remember that and to know you're not alone in those feelings. So that's that's something that Heather and I are, are very passionate about. Right, right. Okay, all right. So, um... Tell us a little bit as where you came from. We, we spoke a little bit outside of the podcast. Uh, you were in jail. And so a lot of 
your inspiration comes from dealing with something that's that's pretty um, different. Yeah, I grew up um, on the south side of Atlanta in a good, hardworking, blue-collar part of our state down here in Georgia. Um, most of the folks here, um, they were they worked at Coca-Cola or uh, or Delta as mechanics, etc. And um, unfortunately, there was quite a bit of violence in and around me a lot of the times. And unfortunately, when you're bullied a lot as a young man, you become what you hate. And I became a bully. And then at 18 years old, I committed a violent crime and. Um, was char I was looking at two felonies, and fortunately, those were dropped to violent misdemeanors, and they sentenced me to two years, so I ended up spending the 19th birthday incarcerated. So, uh, But what's great then is, is what I really needed in my life was two really influential, positive male mentors. And so a sheriff's deputy um, and an African-American 40-something-year-old gentleman who was a former uh, gang member, which is completely unusual in those situations because mixes and people don't don't really mix there. But in that situation, he saw something in me, the sheriff's deputy saw something in me, and two male mentors appeared in my life, and that allowed me to get out to, at the time, what I thought set my life straight, and uh, to get into school, to go to work in a factory during the day and school at night, ended up at the University of Georgia, and then ended up at, um, through a lot of hard work and a lot of perseverance and a lot of desire, I ended up working in, you know, some of the largest financial institutions around and learning so much that has allowed me and Heather and ourselves to really benefit people both financially in business, in life and in relationships and, 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 and in love. And so that's a little bit about where I'm from. And so Heather, do you want to talk a little bit about where you're from? I, I grew up more on the fear and you're not good enough family mode and Heather grew up more in the love and you can do anything mode. And so her story is a little bit more inspirational on that front than mine. <laughs> and we, we do talk about, I grew up white picket fences. You can, just the imagery that would come to mind, that is how I grew up. My parents both said, you can have it all and you can have anything that you want as long as you're willing to work for it. And I really took that to heart and they gave me the support and love I needed to go do all of that and still to this day. I will say that when you grow up that way, you do have kind of this checklist that you work your way down. And it is, I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going to go to college, married by 25, children by 32. What did happen, though, is right after we got married at 25, my father got sick and he passed away three months later and that was the first time I really started veering off of that checklist and I didn't have the tools that I really needed to know that life would be different than what I had originally envisioned with that Cinderella story um, with that I got married thinking that our marriage was going to be the same as the marriage my parents had. And I think Tommy did the same. He expected our marriage to be the same one his parents had. And we didn't have the tools to navigate that for ourselves. So we put a lot of hard work and effort into understanding really how to be stronger and keep going. Right. I, I'm so sorry for your loss, by the way. 
Uh, oh, thank you. And it's been <laughs> married oh, 18 God, years. Yeah, yeah, it's been going 18 years. years. Well, that's crazy. But it, but it was hard, though, because, um, you know, I was – I was just starting to form a relationship. I mean, at one point in my life, I believed, and I really, I don't believe this now, but I believed that I was unlovable. And I always thought like, why does this girl and her family want to love me and just accept me for me? And just because I didn't feel worthy and I didn't feel good enough for their family. And I, and that manifested itself in me being that guy, you know, the guy that no one wants their daughter to date. Right. And I finally just realized this man really just cares about me. And we started, he became again, another mentor that appeared in my life, a father figure that appeared in my life and someone who just wanted to form a solid relationship, not only for the benefit of his, 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 his daughter, but also the benefit for us. And so it was very traumatic for me um, because we watched him disintegrate very quickly. We were there the, the moment he died, and we had to grow up very quickly and sell his cookie business and take care of the family financially. And we're young from humble beginnings. So it was a really, in our first year of marriage, the fact that we got through that and then some other stuff that we got through, it was really a testament to us, which served us later down the road, fast forward 15 years, when... You know, coming from humble beginnings, I thought I had it all from the financial success to the power to the big office. And I realized I had nothing because I didn't believe and love myself. And I was still that little boy that felt unworthy. And it didn't matter what things, material things I had. None of that was going to matter until I realized, you know, until I invested back in me emotionally and mentally to become the man that I wanted to become. So I do believe those things helped us overcome a lot. And I do believe those things held us together, but that was the beginning of many trials and tribulations over our relationship that has helped serve us as humans, as a couple, and ultimately now to help the, the, the couples that we serve. And so, you know, Heather and I have been through a lot, but we never gave up. And it's easy to give up, but we didn't give up. And um, and she loved me when I couldn't love me. And uh, she's been a real rock in my life. And she's been a rock in so many other people's lives as well. Right, right. It's um, funny because I'm actually 25 now. So it's, um, you know, my life is, so, I have so much to accomplish. And so your guys' story is pretty inspirational overall. You have two, two sides. You have the good and the bad. And you guys um, overcame all of that. And you guys are very much happy um, overall. So do you guys have kids? We did not. That was another one of the checklist items that just never came to fruition. And we, you know, there are so many different avenues you can take to fill that hole. And we just went back to we needed to work on ourselves and our relationship. And following that path now, it's very clear to us that we're – we're here to help other people right. and we have no shortage of children running around in our lives. Well, and that's okay too. Um, children aren't for everybody. And, um, you know, if it's not in your plan, it's not in your plan. My son was very much unplanned. <laughs> he, uh, very much. So I'm telling you, I found out I was pregnant the week of my graduation from college. Yeah. That was a, an eye opener for me. Um, his dad and I were no longer together. So I am a single mom. Um, I am in a relationship, though, and my boyfriend hates it when I say single mom, but I don't mean it as I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> uh, 
Nothing but love for you, brother. Nothing but love for you. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, that just means you're not very serious. I'm like, whatever. So, um, I am doing this alone half the time. And, um, you know, he's a year and a half, and I've made it through so far. And I just, I want him to see a strong, independent individual. It's not just the woman inside me either. It's, um... Also, just to know that, you know, you can you can overcome something as much as I have. I was in an abusive relationship um, that was pretty traumatic to me. Uh, I've put a lot of barriers up because of that. And a lot of my relationships have failed on top of it. So, um, I, with those relationships came really bad decisions. Um, and so, it was just like one thing after another. And I just, I was so much in my head that I didn't think... I didn't think clear as to what was going to happen as much as I was raised to think that way. So I think relationships growing up clouded my judgment. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> it I led think you make to, a good point though. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, that's a truly powerful point. Um, mm-hmm. whether it was intended to be or not is when you're in the heat of the battle, and when I mean battle, I'm talking about it could be in your own head. It could be in an abusive relationship. It could be all of a sudden the, the, the rug was pulled out from you at your job. I mean, it's not if life is going to happen, it's when. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's hard and it doesn't make it easy. But there is a whole bunch of tools and systems and humans that we can work on as we go through life to get ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and surround ourselves with amazing humans so that we know life is going to happen. We know sickness and death and and stuff out of our control, it's gonna happen. Use our past to help us make better choices in the future, but also um, start building those muscles, you know, your heart muscles, your mind muscles. Um, If you're a spiritual person, build your spiritual muscles, whatever that means to you and and surround yourself with people who uplift and love you so that when those things happen, they, they almost become your inner circle slash board of directors to help you get through life. Right. And that's something that Heather and I practice. It's something we preach. And, and I'll, I'm going to stop talking here in a second. But Heather said something powerful. She said something. Um, she says she literally believes that we were put here to serve others. But I want to be clear. We spend a lot of time working on ourselves. We spend a lot of time working on our hearts, working on our minds, on our relationships. Relationships are work. Love is work. We don't always win. Um, we've had, uh, we've been in, in kind of a battle the last month. It's so funny um, it, that that we see it differently, but we're just going to continue doing the hard work so that we can help others do the hard work. And so, and Heather, I know you want to jump in on this too. Oh, I got sidetracked on the battle we've been in recently, so my brain went off that way. Uh, (laughs) But I think, too, you know, the relationships you've had in the past, they do very much teach you how to navigate the relationships you're in now and the ones going forward. So I found that there is, if I was in a relationship that might have had a negative effect on me, that barrier will go up in my future relationships, but that's good. I think with Tommy, as we went through our marriage over the years, when it was really, really good or when it was really, really bad, my litmus test was he was always my first phone call and he would show up. 
And that's how I knew it was more than just us having an argument. And we, we always go back to that, that we show up. And if we're showing up for ourselves and we're showing up for each other, odds are we can get through what the world throws at us next. I'm so sorry for the noise. He's wanting to bring a I book. I love it. <laughs> What's his name? His name is Parker. His name's Parker Anthony Morgan. And um, he's my beautiful baby boy. <laughs> he sounds like it. He's beautifully mixed. Um, I don't know if you guys are on Instagram. If you just look up JBSU18, you can find a lot of... Stop it. You can find a lot of photos of him. Uh, <laughs> he's just cute. JB... JBSU18? Yes. I'll check you out. He's, I'm very much in trouble with this young man. Uh, he's, he's a very, he, he learned how to eyebrow the ladies when he was seven months old. How does that happen? You know? Uh, yeah. Just figuring it out. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, um, I am not going to say my childhood was perfect by any means. No childhood is perfect. I had my ups and my downs. I had the moments where, you know, you didn't like your parents at all. I had the moments where you love them, and I still love them to death, to today. Um, but during the bad moments, my parents did have anger issues. And so when I talk about the barriers going up, when they went up, I found that I was acting more and more like my parents, which was the worst part of who I was becoming. And so... Whenever I would get mad, and I still catch myself till today, um, saying th certain things, getting mad over little things, um, the way that I come off is very negative, and I'm working on it, um, very much for my son's sake, obviously. Uh, <laughs> that was perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my barriers... It's a good thing to have those barriers going up, but for me, it was a negative. Um, I was considered a pushover growing up, um, and I never saw it that way until, obviously, I grew up myself. And then there was just one day, someone was talking about my mom in a very negative ma manner, and I told them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I lost it. And from then on, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have anyone control me. I'm not going to have anyone tell me who I can be with and who I shouldn't be with. And that's actually the issue that I'm having with today is my boyfriend. My parents do not approve because when they ask me questions about him, they don't like what they hear. But they've never asked questions themselves to him because they don't want to. And that's an issue I'm having right now. Um, so would you let to go? me, to me though, um, there's a couple, I want to, I want to bring you back and then I'll, I'll give you my opinion on your current situation. Okay. But you did, you said something that you just brushed over, um, to go more into the story, but, um, and I want, I want your audience, um, to know that you're choosing to be better than you were yesterday, whatever that means to you. And I don't even know what that means to you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that can mean a whole lot of different things to a whole lot of different people. But you know in your heart and in your DNA who you are, what you stand for, and where you're going. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the most important thing. And you're choosing. You're not going to always get it right. Trust me. 
I'm in a whole lot. I mean, I am a self-development craftsman, and I struggle, struggle, struggle. That's why I, I love the craft so much because I have to have it. When I speak to a someone I'm coaching, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm just talking to me. But you're doing the work. That's what I want your audience to hear is you're doing the work. Yeah. Um, part of that work is this podcast. Part of that work is just not accepting the opinions. And, and I got to be clear, your parents, and I and I don't know them, and I got nothing but love for humans on this earth. I'm all about love and inclusion and all of that. But their judgments is their bullshit. Their judgments is their noise. Their judgment is them not allowing themselves to look in the mirror and to be better than they were yesterday. Because no one of us is better than or less than anyone else. Right. And I, I got nothing but love for them. And I just know when I'm judging or resentful that I'm truly judging myself and no one else. And so and and so just know that's their stuff. That doesn't mean you don't love them. That doesn't mean you don't want the best for them. That doesn't mean you hope they don't see some sort of light, whatever that means to you. Right. But for but for us, um, we just got to continue living our lives and our value systems and try to love ourselves and be better than we were yesterday. And I think I, I want you just to give yourself a little moment of gratitude and a little self-love because you are doing the work. And Heather, do you want to add to that at all? Or, or did I just talk too much? No, I, I think that was very well said. I will also, I will add one thing that popped into my head is when you started, your anger just came to fruition. I found out when I was first learning how I handled my emotions, that any time I would get angry, I would laugh. So when I was trying to have an argument with Tommy and I was laughing, there was a big disconnect in what he was seeing. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so, but I had no idea. I'm like, why isn't he seeing where I'm coming from? And then lo and behold, it's because I'm laughing. Right. So it, it is that self-discovery and sharing that with the people you're in relationships with, whether it is your parents or your spouse or your boyfriend or your children. Right. Right. Um, it's just, it's getting to a point um, where, you know, if my parents continue to act this way, it, I just told my sister earlier, I said, if mom chooses to push me away, then that's on her. And I, I literally told her that. And my sister's reaction was, are you kidding me? And all this stuff. And I'm like, you, you guys don't see this. You're not happy for me. You're not seeing that, you know, my, my, my mom's thing is, um, I haven't, I have yet to still meet my, my boyfriend's family. Uh, we've only been dating since October officially. And so we're trying to take things slow. We're trying to really get to know one another. He's been to my place and I haven't been to his yet. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm completely fine with that. Uh, I cook a lot, and so I choose to cook for him, and they think that I cook for him and spending all this money on him. And I'm like, what am I spending money on if it's food I already have at the house? Um, and so I'm dealing with that, and they're only going by things that I've said. When they ask, you know, what, who is he, all this stuff. And just because of their observations or, you know, listening to what I have to say, they've made their conclusion. They don't like him. They don't want. And I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I even told them, I said, this is what caused his dad, my, my son's dad and I to break up officially because it was the constant telephone game. 
and not really asking questions to the person and, you know, makes messages, you know, whatever. Everyone knows how the telephone game works. And that's what happened. He was tired of all the bullshit and so was I and we just kind of ended things. Um, and I told my mom, I don't want this to happen like the last relationship I was in. If you have any questions, you need to ask him. I said, I'm done. I'm done being the middleman of everything. And I, last time I checked, I don't necessarily need your approval. You just yeah, need to know that I'm that's happy. that's hard, though. It's really hard, though. It I really get it. When is. It's, when it's your family, it's so hard. It really and you're, is. I, to set that boundary, and you're setting a boundary, and it's a healthy boundary. It's healthy, and it doesn't make she it doesn't easy, see though. that way. God, it's so hard, so hard. Parents will never see it that way. And for me, if my son said that to me, I would respect his decision and understand, you know, he's saying, be happy for me. Like, want, take a chance on the fact that I'm not in a abusive relationship. You know, we're taking things slow. And um, my mom's saying, you know, we haven't even said I love you yet. Uh, hell no, I'm not rushing into anything. And we're not saying we love each other. If it comes down to it, then we'll say it when we feel it. We're just dating. We're having fun. Um, I'm vegetarian. He's vegan. We had a blast going to this vegan festival. Do they know anything I... about that? No. They, <laughs> they choose. Yeah, I know. It was so much fun. Um, and they they don't like the fact that I'm vegetarian, for one. That's already an issue. And it's just like seems so silly. Yeah, they're like, what? What do we cook for you? I'm like, um, it's not like they were like, we can't constantly make salads. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I will say that we have friends coming over this weekend, and they're on a vegetarian lifestyle at the moment. The lifestyle, I think. Yeah, I think and it's, I'm like, it's, it's legit. <laughs> but see, the thing is, is I cook a lot on my Instagram. Yeah. There is this photo that I took. And it looks like meat. What I did, I made a steak out of garbanzo beans. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I just have to perfect it a bit more. And it's the best thing about it, it's completely vegan as well. <laughs> if you really step back, though, you're like, why? Why? It's, it, we're, human beings are fascinating. Um, how we, if anything is outside of our small spectrum of beliefs, like we think it's like wrong, and that's just so silly. Uh, the fact that you're making a healthy lifestyle choice for yourself and your family, and that, that's good for you. And again, I know it's hard, it's easy to, it's easy for me on the other, you know, wherever you are and wherever am I at to say that, you know, their judgments are their stuff. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're dealing with a lot of pain, a lot of resentment, and a lot of um, just, and, and not in a good way or bad way, just a lot of ignorance. And they just, that's their stuff. And for right. and let me, let me just share something that I've dealt with in the past. And it's, unfortunately, I have a very small family and it's cost me a relationship with a family, but I wasn't going to allow one of my closest family members to send me abusive texts to tell me that I'm lying, to tell me my relationship is a fraud, that you know, you're not who you were supposed to be, um, and really try to, you know, constantly abuse the little, um, and talk down to me. Mm -hmm. And finally I just said, look, I'm just not going to allow you to do this anymore. I, you know, you can be a family member or you can be, uh, uh whatever you want to be, but I cannot have a relationship like this. So I set the boundary 
Um, that boundary was not accepted and I've, I've chosen to move on and my life is better for it. And something that I, that Heather and I have implemented in our lives and maybe you and your audience, this will benefit for you and you'll know it instantly in your gut when I say this. For every human, every decision, every moment in your life, how you spend your life, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Right. And in this situation, this human who was a blood relative, as close as you can get, is no longer a yes for me, and it was a no, and I just had to let him go. I know that sounds terrible. doesn't mean I don't love him. Right. But it, but it does mean I don't like him, and I'm not going to allow them to hurt me anymore. And that, that's right. the decision I made. Right. Um, I don't talk about um, a certain situation with my family, but I will bring it up now um, because of that. My, I do have a little sister, and I don't bring her enough, uh, enough up because she, she calls herself to be a black sheep of the family, and I say that because she was in a relationship with her boyfriend. He lived, his hometown was about an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half away from college. Um, she was going to hang out with my cousin one night, and her boyfriend told her not to. Because he knew there was going to be another person there that has already said that my sister was hot and all this other stuff. So he was like, I don't want you to go. Um, she went anyways when he wasn't there. And she got drunk, supposedly. Um, she was on the couch. And, you know, this gentleman came in from work at 3 a.m. in the morning. They ended up having sex. Okay, and the next day, two hours after she left, called it rape. Why? Because her boyfriend, um, when she told him what happened and stuff, he was like, did you say no? And so she immediately took that position as if it was rape. Prosecutors had, de had declared that she made up a lie. Um, and... Um, during all this, all of us family members, we were supportive of the fact, you know, she went through something, and even if it was a lie, you know, we were like, we were going to help her come to terms with, you know, it's okay, um, you made a mistake, you know, just own up to it, tell us the truth. She has never told the truth, um, she actually started to believe her own lie, and told not only my mom but my my twin my other sister and uh, my cousin that she wished rape upon them and then she told my mom to go kill herself smiley face and that had that drew the <clears throat> line uh, yeah it drew the line completely um, and so I since then this has been probably four years ago now um, since then, I tried to connect with her again for my son's sake, and I told her this. I said, I will never forget what you did, but it's time to move on, and if you want to be a part of his life, I don't want to punish him. I don't want him not knowing you because of me not liking what you did. That's not fair to him. So I told her, you know, it's a choice that you make. We were all good on terms, and then... We were supposed to have dinner this Sunday, and she flat out went off on me after she said, well, how about, you know, our other siblings, are they going to come? And I said, you already know the answer to that. 
you know, and she was upset with me because I didn't even talk to them about it. And I told her, I said, why would it matter? If they don't want to be a part of your life, that's on them. I'm trying to be. Why can't that mean more at this time? And um, she doesn't want anything part of me, all that stuff now. And it's frustrated. Uh, well, it's frustrating. And I've come to terms, you know, if she doesn't want to be part of my life, then that's fine. Like I said, it's on her. And... I'm moving on, <laughs> so uh, I'm not really worrying about it as much, but it's just like one of those things, it, she is part of the family, but certain certain things you just have to kind of, not really shun them, but you have to let them breathe. You have to set a boundary, that's yeah. right. You have to you take have to time. And that doesn't mean you don't love them. No. That absolutely doesn't mean you don't want the best for them, but there's a lot of people on this world, and I... I really do believe somewhere in my heart I love just about everybody. That doesn't mean I like them, and that doesn't mean I will allow them to hurt me. And that doesn't, and that also doesn't mean I will allow them to hurt my community and the people that I care about. And so, um, all you can do at that point is, is, and, and here's the key: is light attracts light, dark attracts dark, pain attracts pain, and love attracts love. And clearly. That person's in a lot of pain. She's got uh, demons and wounds and mm -hmm. things in her past and mistakes and choices that she's made that that she might regret. Or there's also probably been things done to her that probably needed not happen. Well, but a lot of it she caused herself, and always. she's always been dramatic. We do, we do right? We yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, we do. As humans. Yeah, but she still was moving on with her life regardless of the fact that she caused this issue. Um, her boyfriend ended up proposing. They ended up getting married. Um, and it was, like, really quick, too. And with this whole rape thing and saying, go kill yourself, we were still trying to process what the hell happened. Why is this going on? And she wanted to rush things um, and start a family with the guy that she cheated on. And um, then was very upset when we all chose not to go to her wedding. I explicitly told her, I said, when your wedding happened, I was seven months pregnant. Um, my son was born five weeks early. And so when seven months hit, I gained a lot of weight. I did not want to do anything. My feet were so swollen. So I chose not to go mainly because I was pregnant. I, I didn't feel good and all that, and um, it still doesn't matter. She thinks I'm making up an excuse. And so she holds all of us accountable, saying we should have been there for her big day. And we're all kind of like, you rushed things, and then now you're trying to start something else. It does not make sense to any of us. We're like, you did this, and now you're saying we should say sorry? So, um... Yeah, we're so all still me, going through it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds raw, and, yeah. um, you know, of course, Heather and I are not involved in it. Um, right. The truth is always somewhere. It doesn't have to be in the middle. The truth is somewhere there, and everyone sees their truth differently. But the, here's the key to all of this. Um, you know, we all have our stories. We all have our perspectives. We all have our point of views. But here's the key. None of us, all of us, on this on the Skype call, on this podcast, or us in life, 
until we choose to do something about it, invest in ourselves, and here's the key, and this is something that I that I practice and and talk about every day, is we have to participate in our own rescue. There's no magic pill. There's no light switch. No one's coming to save us. If we're not happy, if we're judging, we're miserable, we're constantly angry, we're fighting, the only person you can look in the mirror and blame is you. I'm talking to everybody on this call, and I'm talking about everybody in life. And when you've had enough and you want to better yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, in your career, in your life, for your family, in your relationships, step in and step up. And there is a million tools out there. There's a million coaches like Heather and I. There's relationship people. There's mentors. There's books. There's readings. There's meditations. There's retreats. It's just for you to step up and step in when you've had enough. And I'm talking about for us, our families, your families, yourself, me, and there is no magic pill. And we got to step in and step up because what's the point of dying with regrets and anger? And I'll just kind of leave it at that. And Heather, Heather, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, that's what's proven to work for us. And I, I do wish you the best in navigating this because it is hard. But I will say – very hard. It sounds like Mr. Parker Anthony has a very loving mom who's going to be there from him, for him regardless of the rest of the family, right? Right. He's hanging right. in there good, by the way. <laughs> for the most time, part. Where are you, by the way, and what time is it there? Um, I, it's 8 o'clock here. Oh, so you're on the east. You're on the east with us. Yeah, yeah. And so I tried pushing the podcast to 9 and your assistant said, oh, that's too late for him. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, all right, it. I'll try to make it work. And um, He's made it better, though. I love it. He's made he it better. Has. Well, the I mean, it's, that a said, it's a dark subject, and hearing him laugh in the background is really bringing balance to it. <laughs> right? Uh, indeed, well, the moment indeed. that you said, um, have a loving mother, he gave me a hug. Like, yeah. he, knows, he knows when to be a sweetheart. And, um... <laughs> Yeah, he's hugging me again. Just you're doing this for you're trying to be cute. Um, yeah, so we have a really good relationship. Um, I've always believed, you know, I've always said it's so easy to judge, but it's harder to understand, and um, especially when accepting change. Um, and so with my situation, would you stop trying to fake cry? Would you stop it? Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Are you done? Are you done? No. <laughs> okay. Just be be good for a second. Okay. Thank you. You're nodding yes. Okay. Um where was I going with that? Uh <laughs> stop. So you were sorry. talking about judgment and open mindedness. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds like a good place to wrap this thing up because that's a beautiful way to. It, he he sounds like he's ready to rock and roll and you're getting ready to throw some some wisdom down. So this is a good spot. So, so continue, my friends. Yeah. So with going through what I'm going through, um, I have I have to make a choice, and it's what we've been expressing this entire podcast. You know, you choose the path that you want to be on, and I want to be on one filled with positivity and less negativity because um, no one's going to live in a per perfect world. Let's just say that much. No one's going to live in a world of just positivity. But the little things that we do in life, 
um, that are positive is what makes a change. It what make it's literally what makes the world go round. And the little change that I'm gonna make is I'm going to eliminate the negativity. And right now my situation is full of it. Literally, it's full of shit right now. And I don't want my son to be a part of that. I just like I don't force him to be vegetarian. I want him to make that choice if he were to choose to, to make that. Um, so I do buy meat and stuff for him. Um, but I want him to learn that everyone's not perfect. I want him to learn the negativity and stuff around, but I don't want him to grow up in, in my family's drama, my my own family's um, version of what happened. I don't want him to relive or be told how it is. In that way, I, I want him to experience things for himself. If if this all makes sense, if it doesn't, I'm sorry. Um, but I don't want him to be told a story, and then it be told another way, in a different in a different way, and then him trying to process what the hell's going on, to not knowing, you know, why is our family not together, and then being told all this different stuff. I want him to live through something like if it were to be negative, I want him to know firsthand as to what happened. Um, so, like I said, it's, it's easy to judge, but it's not easy to understand um, anything. And um, what I'm going through right now is definitely hard to understand. But what I'm doing is I'm making a choice to um, live better, be better, um, and enjoy life, not be trapped in a world of negativity. Yeah, and I love that. It sounds like you're eliminating the energy vampires in your life. I mean, you know immediately when people suck the energy out. I mean, you know there's people in your life when they walk in the room, you lift up. There's people in your life when they walk in the room, you deflate. And um, life is so preciously short. And why, it's already going to be hard enough with society. It's going to be hard enough with illness. It's going to be hard enough with jobs. It's going to be hard enough with politics. We don't have to make it any harder. And one of the, the easiest choices we have is to take the negative people out of our lives and add positive people back in. And I think this is a great point of you're making a tough choice. It's a very hard choice that you're going to make, but it's a choice that's going to benefit you, your health, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, and ultimately your son's health. And that's all that really matters. And so I think that's a great place. And Heather, do you want to close us out here, love? I, do. I, I, I can't wait to go see a picture of that little guy. Um, but thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us, too. It was, and just keep keep shining. It sounds like you're following what feels right to you. And same with my parents. They always told me that they were trying to do it. They were trying to be and create a better life for me than they had for themselves. Right. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, you never stop learning about who you are. So even if you try to change um, little things for even the ones that you love, like I'm trying to make the world better for my son as much as I can, I don't want to stop learning about myself because that's where the whole expression people do change comes from is you're one way one minute and you could be completely different by the next. And you could say, you know what? I did come from a world uh, where I, I, don't like my, I didn't like who I was. And so I've changed because this is who I am. And they change again. That's, 
What's the best part about be, having your own choices is that you have the choice to go down a path that you want. No one can tell you different. Um, and, and so that's, that's what I live by. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I know my story was very depressing, but at the same time it, it had a point and, you know, eliminating, even if it was family members, um, or, or friends, you eliminate something that's going to tear you down. Something that's going to make life just that much harder for you. And that's what sounds I like this podcast. Sounds like you're choosing to learn and grow. Oh, yes. Yes, most definitely. And you never stop learning and growing. Ever. Uh, you always want to. That, that's one of my key re- things in a relationship checklist for me. Is I want to be with the guy who wants to continuously go after something. Not being so comfortable where they're at. Because when they're comfortable... That's where the issue lies. Um, I want him to keep achieving goals. Set goals. Even if you're 60, set another goal. Set, I mean, it's just you keep doing something that's going to make you happy. And so that's what I live by. Awesome. <laughs> love it. I love it. Thank you. Sorry. He can say hi to everybody. Or he's just going to keep eating my hair. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, when he yanks my hair, I yank his back. There you go. (laughs) I'm like, you're not, you're going to cause pain. I'm going to show you what pain feels like. (laughs) Um, So we have a really good relationship and I want to have a friendly one with him. I don't want one where it's just a mother. Hi. Hi. Yes. Well, let's just all make the commitment to be better than we were yesterday. And Jackie, this has been so much fun. It's been fun. Like I said, I'm sorry if it was depressing, um, but it did have a point. And um, I really did enjoy having you guys on here and being such great listeners. Like I said, I do talk a lot. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm i sorry if I, I went too much into what was going on. Um, apologize in advance. But like I said, I talk a lot, and um, I enjoy that you guys actually listened and um, gave your opinion as to what you guys think of what's going on and um, I hope that you guys have a wonderful evening you thank too you. thank you go love yourself and go love that baby oh I'm going to after he stops covering me in his spit <laughs> <laughs> you guys have, his hand. Stop. have a wonderful evening have a good night you too <laughs> bye All right. bye